0: Welcome to another episode of The Reboot Chronicles, a no-holds-barred forum with global leaders, authors, entrepreneurs, and CEOs about how organizations stay focused on growth and innovation in unprecedented times. I'm your host, Dean DeBias, coming to you live from Revive's North American headquarters in Chicago. And we would like to thank you for joining us from around the globe today. Hey, we'd like to welcome Tim Draper today, founder of Draper Associates, Draper University, DFJ, as we all remember back in the day. He was an early investor in Skype, Hotmail, Tesla, Baidu, Twitch, and SpaceX. Definitely want to talk about that today. And today we thought we'd kind of jump into how entrepreneurship, venture capital, global economy is literally being transformed uh, before our eyes and uh, from the eyes of um, of Tim, kind of cryptocurrency epidemics and the economic jolts that are going around the world right now. So, Tim, uh, good to see you back. You're looking good out there in Silicon Valley.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm <laughs> I'm kind of all alone in the office today. Uh, I, I gave everybody the option of coming in. It's, yeah. uh, we, we've got all the the safety things worked out, and uh, turns out I'm still the only one in the office.
0: Is that a piece of plexiglass in front of you, or are you just blurring the Skype background? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to answer that. You know what might be helpful? Um, I know all of our friends of Silicon Valley that you and I know, uh, know you well. And, um, but it might be nice to talk about, you know, you, you know, you, you founded DFJ and then you founded uh, Draper and just maybe talk about a little review of what what's going on with those two.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I, yeah, I founded DFJ. Well, it was Draper associates Wait. and then it was Draper Fisher associates and then it was DFJ and it grew to be so big that, yep. uh, the decision-making process was more of a, um, one of, uh, an institution. and uh, and so safety became more of their of the model. And I realized that uh, that was not uh, you get the best returns in venture capital if you take big risks. And so I was um, I uh, in effect spun out. Uh, think of me as sort of the you know I was a part of the a great band, and then yeah. I decided to build my solo career. It turned out, solo career is bigger than the band. So I'm, I'm for, very, for happy some artists, yes. that's, <laughs> for that I'm, I'm happy at how it all worked out. And, um, I'm, um, you know, there were some investments that the partnership would never have made and, uh, and I made, and they really worked out. One was Bitcoin and, um, and a number of others that, uh, have been great successes. And so, um, yeah, there was a, a point where I realized that uh, there were 12 partners with equal votes around the table yep. and, uh, and that uh, the decisions became more uh, safe and, uh, and I think our returns were starting to flatten out. And so I um, spun off and started, started Draper Associates and haven't really looked back. It's been a really fabulous run.
0: Yeah, how big is the group, and how many how many uh, investments you have going?
1: Um, There are there's 600 portfolio companies in Draper Associates. We've been doing it for a long time. I've been investing for 35 years. Uh, I've spun off about 10 years ago, and uh, and a lot of those are percolating to become. very large. And so it's kind of an interesting time for us where, uh, where we keep running into these opportunities to fund companies with a ton of money. Um, but we don't have the LP base for that since it was just me spinning off. And then I took in a few LPs. Uh, it's been a little more difficult. Uh, and so we've had to hand up these sort of like on a, silver platter these amazing companies to other venture firms who uh who have big growth funds and that'll probably change over time we'll we'll probably either have our own growth fund or just build relationships directly with big investors Uh, so it's been great Uh, i've loved being a supporter of entrepreneurs all these years and uh and I, i and i spun out but i still love my original partners um, and i i love my exi- i've got a few partners now um, right. and i love them too i think i i have chosen well over the years you have well there's a difference between a spin out and a blowout. so i think you did it well <laughs> it's like yeah uh, we kept it we we still have good relationship we share deals uh it it's been uh it's been terrific
0: yeah the band can still get back together do you play
1: any musical instruments so sticking, um, stick, sticking with the metaphor <laughs> i have I have a couple of things. I have a bad voice, and I can write songs. And so I've written a few songs that I sang. You you can look at it online. Something called the Risk Master that's about entrepreneurs. Something called the Bitcoin Hustle that's all about Bitcoin. And so I had uh, I've had some fun with those. One called We Are One, which is like, hey, we're all one big world. So they're they're, um, they're. but they're better when sung by other people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's good supporting <laughs> artists. I um I actually might link that to the podcast just to get back at you there. Um so you just mentioned a few words. I mean, it makes sense. You you kind of love first of all, you guys use the word love, which I love, Um, but you actually enjoy the earlier stage stuff anyway, regardless of the fun size. That's one thing. And the other thing that you say a lot is you actually love entrepreneurs. You are in it for the entrepreneurial experience, for the relationship, for whatever it is. I mean, you and I've known each other a long time. It's like, I mean, I've seen that kind of ooze out of you. And I don't, there's a lot of other VCs just down the street from you that I don't, I don't, I don't see love in their vocabulary. It's not yeah, it's not for the love of the entrepreneur. It's for the love of the return. So without getting ourselves into trouble, I I, I just admire that. I don't normally it's say things like
1: this. Um, they, for me, it's this feeling that you are driving progress. These entrepreneurs are driving progress forward. They're projecting out and figuring out what the world's going to look like 5, 10, 15 years out. And uh, and as I meet them, different patterns Emerge and so I can start to predict what's going to happen 5 to 10 15 years out And when you find a true entrepreneur somebody who says, you know, I I always ask this one question Which is why are you doing this? You know, and I do it so that it's like put them back on their heels yeah. And there co- the Here comes the elevator pitch. Yeah, and the whole point is If they if they say, well, you know, I wanted to start a company or I wanted to make money or I want to make you money. That's not enough, because I know when you're an entrepreneur that going gets super tough. And if you don't if you're not totally passionate about what you're doing, it's um, it's not going to work because you'll you'll leave the sinking ship if it's starting to sink. Um, But the great entrepreneur will just say, no, we just have to keep sailing forward. You know, we got to make this thing happen, and and uh, and it bursts out of their chest when you ask them that question. Oh, because I worked for this other company, they didn't understand, and the customers would have really loved this, and I really want to. And uh, you, when you see that, you kind of go, oh, "Okay, I get it." You're not going to stop, whatever exactly. it is. You're not going to stop. And think about it. I mean, I've got to love entrepreneurs. We backed Hotmail. They made it so that we could all communicate. You guys don't. And that was like the 90s, yeah. People back in the in uh, that have been born recently don't understand what it was like not to be able to easily communicate with people. To have to pay $80 for a five-minute phone call to South America. All of a sudden, Hotmail made it free to communicate with anyone anywhere, and uh, and then Skype added to that. All of a sudden, I realized oh my gosh, we've opened up the world. And so how can you not be invigorated by the transformations that these entrepreneurs create if you have been involved in some of those companies?
0: And a lot of times it's just business model transformation. I mean, back when you guys started Hotmail, I was running one of the first online games companies we charged by the hour, it was expensive. And I remember a couple of business plans floating around on our desks that were people wanted to charge like X Per email you sent, you'd get charged for every email you sent. I'm glad we didn't go down that rat that rat hole. That would have been an awful <laughs> anti stimulus. But the um, what you know, you bring up an interesting point about entrepreneurs. I mean, at this um, one of the programs I teach at Kellogg is like finding your your whole purpose. And to me, it's about checking some boxes around fun and money and impact and the intersection of all those. And you see that come alive in entrepreneurs' eyes. Uh, and if you just do things for Fun. You're not going to make a lot of money if you just do things for money. You're going to be miserable, and and having impact in your life every day as an entrepreneur it's a tough thing. As you know, it's a tough road, and they need people like you to, you know, to back them. But um, I think you've talked recently about, you know, what's the future look like for venture capital entrepreneurs under the auspices of um, consolidation and compression, and not to mention a pandemic and you know a a, a wobbly economy. What uh, what do you see coming down the road here in the next eighteen months?
1: It's interesting. First, you mentioned fun and impact and uh, money, yeah. and and it's exactly the same thing we teach uh, at Draper University. We say mostly fun, right. but we we also say you have to make money because they're often big, big <laughs> visions and kind of oh we're gonna we're gonna feed the world and we're gonna create okay. you know whatever, but it, they aren't saying, you know, this is the business model and this is how we're going to get there. And they aren't saying, hey, and this is going to be great because it's going to be fun because we do this. Um, I think you've hit the three pillars of being an entrepreneur, a, a successful entrepreneur. No one ever hit a, a billion dollar market cap without having a lot of fun. Right. And no one did it without a great business model. And no one did it without having a true vision that people could get behind. So, yeah, you've nailed that. Um, What does it look like going forward? Well, COVID's done a couple of things. One is people have been locked in place. And, um, and, you know, actually, I'll take you back. Um, When the internet came along, it transformed uh, communications and information and media, gaming, entertainment, bunch of great industries right. um, pretty big. Uh, but I actually believe that we're about to go into a time where with artificial intelligence and surveillance, combined with Bitcoin, the blockchain and smart contracts, you're going to you're going to see the transformation of the biggest industries in the world. You're going to see insurance and banking going through transformation already uh real estate government itself and healthcare all the biggest industries except maybe oil are going to go through a major transformation and here's what i've noticed since covid uh there were a bunch of entrepreneurs going after some of these changes and mm-hmm. they were kind of pushing up the rope for a while and and uh and it was just the early adopters who were getting involved uh, well, now with, with COVID, people have been trapped in place, so they, they've they been getting VR headsets and exploring VR. They've been um, using remote medicine. They've been using uh, they, the Bitcoin wallets are going through the roof. Everybody is getting a Bitcoin wallet. The, um, the education is now very much online, and all those things sort of accelerated because of COVID, because we were all locked in place so if there are any silver linings we move that part of society forward quicker Um, now how does venture capital change um well i've noticed i've actually started to fund companies that i've where i've only met the person on skype or zoom and uh that's something i normally would not have done before and And I I'm almost able to get people's energy and that kind of thing. But uh, a physical presence is a lot easier for me because I can see whether they've got this intensity that they're never going to go. So uh, that's happening. The other thing that's happening in venture capital is that there's sort of this um, the entrepreneur and the money are getting closer and closer together through these uh, incubators and accelerators. And the value add from the growth people is getting to be smaller and smaller. And so those growth funds I suspect are gonna have less and less uh, value going forward. So we think that the value is really uh, where we sit which is at the deal flow level where mm-hmm. we generate the deal flow. We Put our own companies together. We get them up and running, Um, and then down the and then the money becomes sort of a a commodity. It becomes fungible, and I think down the road that um, and this will get into one of your future questions probably. I think that we are going to have, um, you know, by the way, as a venture capitalist, I pay a huge amount of money to accountants. a huge amount of money to lawyers to get this whole thing uh, put together. Every deal, even though they're almost all exactly the same, each one has these little minutia that have to be negotiated, and it cost me a fortune. And then um, using dollars and going through a system that is not that secure, you need accountants. So. I've imagined, and I, I'm hoping that the government starts to figure out that they can tax people in Bitcoin um, rather than just in dollars. Um, but I see a future where I can raise money in Bitcoin. I invest it into a bunch of entrepreneurs in Bitcoin. They, they fund their employees and suppliers in Bitcoin. And whenever anything happens, uh, my investors and Everybody gets the amount of money they're supposed to get through a Bitcoin wallet, um, and uh, and the taxes get paid out in a in an automated, very automated way on uh, the blockchain. Well, that can all be done with these things called smart contracts, which are um, mm-hmm. it, when you use Bitcoin or any of the cryptocurrencies, you can actually create a contract completely in software so that uh, it's it, just think of it as a bunch of if, then, else statements where if this much money comes in, then this person gets paid this much, and this person gets paid this much, and this person pay, gets paid this much. And it yeah. can all be built just a water waterfall, <laughs> a, a natural waterfall. So it.
0: why don't governments want to do that? That sounds so <laughs> efficient. You just save. I'm, I'm thinking of the Warren Zevon song, send lawyers, guns, and money. It's like that whole entourage is getting smaller now. You're, you're, and you're spending more money and giving more capital out to the uh, entrepreneurs or or giving me a refund or whatever, whatever the application.
1: <laughs> I was a was. big fan of Warren Zevon. Yeah, I got, that good. Guy. I got a chance to meet him. <laughs> he wrote a song for my... Um, sister actually uh for wow. her and her and her, she wrote for her husband to sing to my sister my, wow uh, anyway that was great um yeah so um here's the thing currently <clears throat> we have <clears throat> all right, we have a system which is this i'm going to first describe liquidity if you have a house and i have a farm and we don't trade with each other or anybody else. Um, you die of starvation and I die of exposure. But if we decide, if I decide, okay, I'm growing watermelons. I'll give you a watermelon if I can stay in your house for a night. Um, we we make a deal. But then staying in your house at, at, for a night is worth more than one watermelon. So. You say, well, look, you need to give me a lot more watermelons, and I go, well, look, I you can't eat enough watermelon, and and so that we cu- we came up with this bank as a place to sort of keep the credit. Like, okay, I'm going to just give you one watermelon for a night's stay, but I'm also going to give you credit for 40 watermelons for that night, um, and then we can sell those watermelons to somebody else. They can give me some money. And we can get it to you so that creates this amazing liquidity so once you've got liquidity then um then we can build the build this huge global infrastructure that is all intermeshed and we get amazing services and amazing products through this huge global infrastructure and we have so much around the world well now with covid they've, they've cut off a lot of those and so we have a real we have a, a, a separate problem there. But what happened was we used to set up this bank with, say, gold, and then it was the promise of gold, and then it was the promise of silver or some heavy metal, and then it was the full faith and credit of the federal government. Well, now people are saying, well, wait, that full faith and credit is okay, but... Um, our currency drops 30% a year in value so why are we hold it's like a hot potato i want to get rid of
0: that's probably really and, hot now giving out 21 bill, trillion i think it is that's uh, that, that's Yeah they're giving it. away
1: in effect the entire year's economy they're throwing that much more money into the system and that devalues the dollar and that's where people will go wait a second where do i want to put my money <laughs> We want to put it in the stock market well the stock market's flying super high we probably don't want to get too much involved there do i want to put it in gold gold is sort of the old security old thing um no you probably want to put it into bitcoin because bitcoin you know there are only 21 million of them and no political force is going to flood the market with bitcoin and uh and so you 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 know there are other options. Real estate, yeah, maybe, I, but with this this six foot thing is going to make it so that we real estate's worth about half as much. Um, yeah. Commercial talk, real estate. Talk
0: to the theater chains right now. Life is not looking too pretty, oh, but boy. it could be a temporary. And they were just co- getting thing.
1: Be fun again.
0: Exactly. To but this fun. is this is the watermelon analogy for. There's so many people, listeners, that just like they understand. They think they understand Bitcoin. They don't. Um, blockchain, all of that. So you kind of yeah. need the the Tim Draper 101. There would be helpful. Okay. You, know, well, you, let, you, you said that it? you said that Bitcoin is going to go up to maybe two hundred fifty thousand dollars per coin by 2023. It's like people go like, I don't, I don't understand what that. How does that help me? They don't. So that's really not the most important part. Right. That's just so like right
1: now, but, if you bought a Bitcoin, it, it's ten thousand dollars. Yeah. You buy it. I mean, you can you can buy a, a dollar's worth of Bitcoin. You can buy a, three satoshis, which is a tiny amount of money, fraction. Um, and it's like buying
0: gold. And, and you're, you're hedging. And it might go up, but two yeah. two hundred fifty thousand per from ten thousand. Right. That's, and that's a nice
1: jump. Wow. And and it started an upward trend now because people are not trusting their own currency as much as they used to, because the governments are flooding the market with money. Yep. Just like any commodity, if you flood the market, the value of that commodity drops. So they're flooding it with dollars or yen or pesos or naira or bolivar. That's going to drop the value of those currencies. So uh, so uh, Bitcoin can't do that. So Bitcoin only allows twenty one million around the world. Um, the th- the way Bitcoin works is probably less interesting, but it's being uh, the, it's it's being secured by thousands of computers that are checking its work. That's the way to think about it. On something they call the blockchain, which is this perfect ledger. It's like keeping track of debits and credits every time somebody makes a move. You buy or you sell Bitcoin. It keeps track of those things perfectly on the blockchain, and it has hundreds of thousands of computers that are checking its work. So you don't need an accountant with Bitcoin, or at least you don't need an accountant to do the bookkeeping or the things that they're normally doing. And you don't need an auditor because it keeps perfect records. Um, And uh, and then the other thing that you uh, probably need to know about Bitcoin is it's much easier to send and receive money. You just put it on this thing. Um, yeah, just send and, it over. I'm ready. I'm re- I'm ready to in receive. Fact, if I wanted, to, if I had to send you money for this interview, yeah. um, it would be really super easy. I could send it to you right now. Just go through my Coinbase account or through a ledger or whatever. Um, and ledgers are like, you know, you're keeping your money on something like this, and you don't have to give it to people who are dressed like this um you don't <laughs> and unlike and unlike
0: Visa, yeah you know, visa mastercard amex you're you're not getting charged for that either
1: no there is no friction uh to a transfer of bitcoin so what and, happens
0: to what, what happens to them the big 3 or 4 um in the banks really um just big 3 let's well comment.
1: i i think the banks are freaking out a little bit because um yep. uh, if you talk to your banker and he's being honest with you he'll say well yeah um, we've had an awful lot of our clients take our take money out of our bank and put it into Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies. And so there, and that money is what they live off. And so if you take 10% of your money and put it into Bitcoin or crypto, um, first of all, it's probably a good idea because you, um, you know, you can go from country to country and it's accepted everywhere. Um, but uh but the other part of it is that the banks now have 10% less money to manipulate and operate with and uh, and take interest out and borrow against and all that. Um, and so they are starting to say, whoa, you know, and so every once in a while, you'll see an announcement where yep. somebody says, no one can buy Bitcoin with our credit cards or no one can. Uh, or. Uh, Bitcoin's not considered an asset by our bank or whatever it is. Right. Um, it's We're because to devalue, the banks
0: devalue it, debunk the
1: banks, it. Right. The banks are about to go through a, a real uh, transformation. We call that, as opposed to say disruption, um, where they've got to they've got to adjust. They've either got to get on board and use these cryptocurrencies, or they uh, they run the the likelihood that they become the dinosaur of the financial world.
0: Um, and what about Visa, MasterCard, the, you know, the, can you they, know will, Visa will they end MasterCard, up controlling a lot
1: of this? Um, Discover, all of those um, can actually make the move, and I don't know why they aren't. They yeah, should Yeah, they've,
0: be, they've been spending billions on acquisitions of fintech companies, but they haven't made a big you know move here.
1: <laughs> they should be um, looking at this and saying, well, you know, we've got everybody's cards, all we have to do is Bitcoin enable them. And, uh, and, and suddenly we've got their Bitcoin too. And the bank, the credit card people only take a half a percent every time you swipe your credit card. Yeah. Um, whereas the banks take two and a half to 4%. They take a ton- the banks take a ton, the credit card companies don't take much. And that friction is a lot lower and i'm not i'm not sure the credit card companies are i don't i don't think they're in love with banks anyway so i and i've seen a bunch of companies that are creating cards Mm -hmm. um, tangium is one uh, swiss Mm -hmm. key is one uh that that are actually where you can um you can uh, load and spend uh bitcoin and other currencies uh cryptocurrencies on them I don't understand why uh, these credit card companies aren't just jumping right in, either. You know, building their own base of technology around uh, cryptocurrencies, or or uh, or buying one of those companies. Yeah,
0: that, yeah. Uh, it's going to be a build by borrow. You know, they all have decks from Accenture, and everyone else tells them what to do. But it's a little slow in the update. So when can I go to Home Depot and just pay with Bitcoin? When's that going to happen? Um, that was one. that you you can buy.
1: You can buy. You can get your D- Draper University tuition in Bitcoin. You can get Hero City rent in tuition. You can pay. Uh, I mean, in Bitcoin. You can pay um, uh, at our retail store here in Bitcoin, um, and a lot of a lot of stores are opening up to the idea. In fact, I I even um, took Bitcoin from some company that was being sold in China. And they they were having all sorts of difficulties with the Chinese authorities and whatever else. And I said, well, can you send me Bitcoin? And they said, oh yeah, no problem. Yeah, and boom, I got my Bitcoin and, and we were off to the races. And I, I prefer Bitcoin because I do believe that the Bitcoin is gonna be worth $250,000 by 2022 or 2023, and it's only it's only worth 10,000 today. Uh, So I'm always taking Bitcoin. And I think in five years, you know, maybe tomorrow you're not going to see Home Depot. But in five years, people will laugh at you if you're trying to pay with fiat currency, with dollars. It'll be like the old lady or old man who has a purse full of little pennies. (laughs) Little and penny. they're paying for their coffee with pennies. They're gonna say, "Really, you're gonna use that? You use yeah. like bank money? What's that about?" Uh, and and so I think the world's moving that way. They don't they don't know it yet, really. I mean, uh, the early adopters do. They're the most passionate group I've ever met. Um, but the uh, but it hasn't it hasn't crossed the chasm yet. Uh, and I think COVID has helped it cross a lot faster. So I, I would be very surprised if 70, I think 70% of your listeners probably do have a Bitcoin wallet. And if they don't, they're, they're missing out. Yeah, we've
0: got a mixture of both corporate audience, big time, and uh, entrepreneurs. Um, speaking of that, just some, it'd be good to get some parting words from you on besides FinTech given the digital acceleration with the pandemic and other things going on. Yeah, what do you, what, do you, what categories do you like? As you know, I'm an advisor at Monetary Partners so we are investing in food and the next generation of supply chain on food is just, just really hot and that is accelerating. Um, but what what, uh, what categories do you like for the aspiring entrepreneurs listening and around the world?
1: Yeah, it's who funny. Could, who people could, are who actually could pivot using, at any moment based on what you say? <laughs> uh, people are actually using um, uh, the, the blockchain Yep. To to monitor where the food comes from, so that you can take it all the way to the restaurant or all the way to the grocery store, and you can know what farm it went to, who sent it to you, uh, what trucks it moved on, uh, what pallet it was on. You know, you're gonna you're gonna be able to get it down to the exact, you know, specific who handled this all the way all the way through and uh and that's going to be really interesting i think for the consumer Um, i think it's going to improve the supply chain a lot and if there's a bad batch uh, i think that will be identified much easier isolate
0: it quickly yeah exactly
1: Um, and uh and we've seen companies that are doing food um, uh, where you know the finless food is is fish that they actually manufacture rather than than catching um, there are uh, a lot of new food sources that are kind of high in protein, but still vegetables. Uh, there, so food's going through a big transformation. I'm I'm hot on healthcare. I think that mm-hmm. uh, data-driven healthcare is going to be a big deal because you can now get so much information on a patient um, just through the cloud. So. For instance, it's not. Uh, we have a company called Cloud Medics that just says, um, th- that just collects healthcare records, and they do a better job than the average doctor in diagnosing a patient. Uh, but and in combined with a doctor, they do even better. But uh, what's what's happening now is you're starting to combine that health those healthcare records with genetic history and. Exactly. Fitbit results and yeah, we, what they ate for breakfast and the seat they sat on in the airplane and all that data and all of a sudden the diagnosis gets super good.
0: Yeah, it uh, puts, and it puts doctors in a different position too. It's like the, the, the doctor has the to power start goes to more to the consumer under this model, I think. Right, and the doctor. We just had we just had uh, Jane on from uh, viome got this whole testing algorithm going on and. So yeah, health, wellness, beauty, food—anything else that uh, you're hot on?
1: Yeah, um, I I think education might go through a real transformation now because it's uh, yeah ed ed tech has never
0: been that highly. The valuations have always
1: and and whether it's
0: taking off again,
1: whether it's the unions, uh, the union bosses destroying K-12 education, or it's tenure. And all the overhead that's destroying the college system. Um, all of a sudden, it's you know the flip, the flip school, and the online education, and the online offline education. All of that is starting to happen. The for-profit schools, all that's starting to come, and uh, they're a threat to the establishment. They're a threat to the accreditation system and they are changing education in a big way. And when there's change, there are great entrepreneurs and those great entrepreneurs can weave their way through, build a wedge in the the industry and grow their their piece of that industry. And I think, uh, so I think education's gonna go through a lot. I think government's gonna go through huge changes because what is government but a big insurance company and insurance can be really done with an actuary um, sur- some surveillance and smart contracts with yeah. all these people yeah
0: if you uh, unbundle gonna- if you unbundle everything they do it's uh, it's and it's the last category to be digitized really massive yeah. opportunity and
1: you know. they're and they' and they're fighting it a little bit you know they're kind of going back to tribalism we went global with the internet and now now the the governments are going wait 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 Exactly. <laughs> Put the genie back in the bottle. Uh because <laughs>
0: yeah, it's not wait for me. It's like, wait, stop this.
1: Wait, yeah. stop, because we want to be tribal. Stay in place. Wear a mask. You know, whatever. And we've got, uh, um, we've got and two uh and then they're cutting off trade across government places. But that I think is a temporary phenomenon. I, I think it's like the last roar of the dying lion, because exactly. we all know we're global, whether the politicians admit it or not we are global and we have great relationships with chinese we have great relationships with russians we have great relationships with people all of muslims all around the world and uh, but these these governments are trying to put up these walls so that we 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 fear them or whatever so that they can justify being tribal again we are global people Get over it. We're going. This is a global a global economy. We're so much better off. You know, think think of the deal that we're doing between the guy with a house and the guy with a farm, uh, and and multiply that by eight billion. We are going to have a, a real renaissance once we get through this sort of torturous period of of being of of where the tribalists try to keep us down.
0: Exactly. Well said, Tim. I want to thank you for uh, joining us. Um, and by the way, that's a lot of watermelons. <laughs> the um, <laughs> we uh, I usually do a back to school uh, edition. There's probably going to be a few episodes in the fall because there's so much going on. You just hit on three or four points that uh, so we probably might want to have you join uh, a university president and do a, uh, I usually only have one person on, but for for back to school, the future of education. I think we need a tit for tat there, and uh, we'll get we
1: into could, it. We could uh, have a great. I, we could uh, have some great ideas that we could, that he could use at um, Northwestern. Or Kellogg.
0: Where are you? You're at Kellogg. I'm yeah. Kellogg Northwestern, yeah. but it could yeah. be any school. It could be your Stanford guys. It could be Texas. We'll we'll see who yeah. wants to step up and uh, get into it. You've been yeah. listening to Tim Draper. Uh, great to have you on. And uh, next time we'll do it in your office live.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Dean.
0: Yeah. By the way, you're looking good without the haircut. I'd stay uh I, I don't think I need to be. Oh, you think though.
1: I should do that? And I wear a Bitcoin tie. You know, that's. Oh, cool.
0: God. Now that you can send me. I'll take one of those. <laughs> right, I, take, I take can't care. give
1: this one up. I, this was this was a special gift. We we were supposed to get some in. I don't know where they are.
0: If okay. we get them
1: in, I will get
0: out. You're on the list. And you should sign them, too. Just get a little tiny Sharpie. It'd be awesome.
1: You're going to have to start. Yeah, I'd be happy to. You're going to have to start wearing a tie again, though. That, that might I am.
0: Yeah, Dean with a tie. It's been a while, but uh, we'll get back to it. (laughs) All right. Have a great one. Thanks, Dean. Bye-bye. Bye.